And here we go with Dose of Dog presented by Embark in Eau Claire. Hey, make sure you go back and check out all of the great episodes that we have of Dose of Dog. Uh, going back some two years now uh, with, uh, I know, it, it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, with uh, Dose of Dog, and uh, you'll hear some topics that get repeated, uh, but that's a good thing there, and you'll hear different uh, various uh, characteristics that carry over from episode to episode. So make sure you're going back, checking out all of the great episodes. We've got Heather, as always, from Embark with us. And uh, Heather, I know at the time of this recording, we are in the holiday season mm -hmm. of 2022 because yeah. uh, again we hope you're, you're doing this for 10 years so i know my gosh can i talk that often <laughs> but uh <laughs> the holiday season of 2022 and a, a timely episode here you want to talk about ways to guide your dog through the holidays because mm -hmm. people are going to have people coming over people are going to be leaving for the holidays you got things around the house you got presents you got uh, special treats you got people inviting you got all these things that are going on, mm -hmm. and uh, we don't want to forget <coughs> about the family members, the dogs, uh, how, <laughs> how we can get them through the holiday season. Yeah, the bustle, right? It seems like things pick up. Your routines are different. You have guests over that your dog might not know. You're going to parties, and you're getting up early, and there's food, you know, kind of everywhere oftentimes. I mean, for not maybe every person, their their holiday season might not be like that. So how do you get your dog through the holidays? And this is, <clears throat> while while we are recording this prior to, you know, we're the end of November here. We just got through Thanksgiving weekend. You know, these aren't holiday specific necessarily. These are, I mean, we're, we're kind of gearing them towards, you know, the holidays and, and what your world might be like with more bustle happening. But these things are applicable to, you know, you're having a family reunion in August. You're having a big birthday party. Um, you know, those, those things are sometimes kind of one time events, but all the things I'm going to talk about today are just kind of good ideas for times where maybe your routine is a little bit different at home. There's some, um, unique and novel things in the house and around the house and people coming into the house. So, so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm kind of going to focus on what maybe the holidays might look like, but these things are certainly applicable to a lot of any kind of, I guess I'd say entertaining, where you're having people and food <laughs> around. Isn't that usually what entertaining is about? People and food. So uh, I kind of tried to think of, of some key points of just some easy things that people can do, um, you know, around times when they are going to have a little bit of change happening during the holidays or um, in their in their home. So I tried to kind of break it into four pieces today. So we'll talk about four kind of just pieces to think about when you're thinking about the holidays and some things that you can do that hopefully will be easy. We try to make everything fairly easy <laughs> for you so that it's, it's doable because we all know if I gave you, you know, 20 things to do, um, you probably wouldn't even listen to it. And you'd say, oh, Heather, that is a little ridiculous. So, so let's dive in. So I mean, we know that the holidays are a lot different for dogs. You know, our routines are different. Sometimes we get up at different times. We maybe work longer days before the holidays and then no days during the holidays. And so, you know, a lot of dogs are, are pretty accustomed to routines. And so it kind of throws their routine off a little, which for some dogs isn't that big of a deal. But for some dogs, it's very worrisome to them, perhaps. So that's something to consider. So 
I think the first thing to consider when you're looking at what the holidays might look like for you and your pets, your dogs, is what are your expectations? So, and, and I think this is a question to ask us in any context that we're looking at at how we would like the environment to play out for our dogs. What are your expectations? So, you know, are you, is your expectation that they're going to be out the whole time mingling with guests? Is your expectation that maybe they'll be out for a little bit and then maybe they'll be put away with some kind of food enrichment? Is your expectation that maybe you're just going to board them for the weekend? You know, and that's very reasonable. (laughs) There is no shame in saying, holy cow, this is going to be a lot to deal with. You know, I have a, an adolescent dog that's weary of strangers and people in their home. And sometimes it's just easier for all of you if you find a spot where they're comfortable with, you know, they stay with a friend for the weekend or they stay at their boarding kennel that they love or with another person that maybe they enjoy um, during a party or an event that you're having. And that's reasonable. That's not copping out. That is simply just um, kind of good management, really. So what are your expectations? And I think what goes into considering that is, is your dog, does your dog enjoy people in their house. You know, do they enjoy the company of friendly strangers? Because some dogs are really, really worried about people coming into their house that they don't know. Um, Can your dog handle or is your dog a dog that enjoys a lot of movement around them? So, you know, people getting up and down and going in and out of the house and the doorbell ringing and, you know, loud card games at night. Is that something that would worry them? Um, You know, there's some dogs that are really sound sensitive. Um, There's some dogs that really explode in energy when someone knocks at the door. And, you know, if you're having 15 people arrive throughout the course of several hours, is that going to be something that's going to really amp them up? You know, is it something that, that you feel like your expectations of what their behavior might be are reasonable? Um... You know, the other thing to think about, too, is, you know, if you have a dog that that typically kind of sleeps all day and they're not going to be sleeping all day, um, what kind of expectations are you going to put on them if they're kind of tired? (laughs) And so I think it's worthy to consider what your own expectations are of your dog. Um, Yes, it would be fantastic if all of us had that dog that at any given moment we sent them to their place, um, you know, their mat or their rug. Um, and they did a settle, you know, while everyone was eating, but is that realistic with a house full of 15 people with kids running around? Um, you know, and and I think we also have to think about what have we prepared this dog for? So if we haven't, if we haven't practiced that scenario of you're going to be on your mat in a little settle, you know, off the kitchen while this kind of chaos is happening, then it's very unrealistic to expect that they're going to be able to do that in that kind of a distracting environment for that kind of duration also. So I think it's reasonable for us to think, what kind of expectations, what what have I prepared this dog for? Are they able to perform maybe this particular task or skill under these conditions? Because I think a lot of the times, you guys, the answer is no, that, that maybe we haven't prepared them. And it's hard. It's hard to practice, right? I mean, where do you find an environment that you have that kind of bustle and you're practicing that? I mean, it'd be great if you could practice it in the moment um, and you could work on, you know, delivery of reinforcement while the dog's being on a settle in that environment. But sometimes that's just unrealistic in that setting. So I think being very realistic in what your expectations are of your dog in those environments is something to consider. You know, can they handle this? Can they, have they had success in this environment before? Um, 
you know, maybe you're a family that has, you know, a big family dinner every Sunday and you've actually kind of practiced this. Well, then maybe your dog could be very successful with that. Um, but then I think you have to consider too, well, what if the dog isn't successful and we haven't practiced this? Is it going to be really frustrating for you? Are you going to get upset? And remember when we have a skill that our dog, we haven't really practiced well, we get frustrated and with frustrated often become, that's when we turn into, you know, resorting to yelling and get on your mat and, and a lot of those human behaviors. So I think that's something to consider. And again, it's, it's very reasonable to say, you know what? During this time frame, maybe that's the time you're going to go in your spare bedroom with your food enrichment, or maybe that's when, you know, your niece that's coming over who absolutely loves dogs is going to take your dog out to a big field, you know, two blocks from your house and walk them for an hour or whatever that might look like. So um, set your expectations up so that everyone can be successful, because if your expectations are not such that the dog can do a lot of the things that you'd like them to do because you haven't prepared them for it, it's really going to be frustrating for you. And I think... A lot of the times, you know, the holidays, if you're if you're having big parties or people over or whatever, I think there's already a little bit of an air of frustration sometimes. So I think setting expectations so that your dog can be successful um, in that environment. And when we want them to be successful, right, we want them to be able to, to do some of these behaviors that we would like them to do, to not jump on the counter and maybe go to their mat. So I think setting them up for success um, in that environment is going to be so crucial to how they're going to behave in the future, all right. So expectations, one thing to consider. And again, it's not bad if you just decide, you know what, this is the time maybe you're going to go in a crate or you're going to go um, behind a baby gate, which we're going to kind of talk about too. So um, the second thing is kind of preloading some enrichment stuff. And I know we've talked a lot about enrichment um, with in previous podcasts, but those are things, and I, I'm talking in this environment, it's really a lot easier to do food enrichment kinds of things. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of enrichment. But in this environment where they're going to be in the house um, and maybe possibly by themselves, <laughs> this is a place where preloading some enrichment, food enrichment things is going to be really helpful. So, you know, um, before you start prepping meals, maybe that week or, or weeks before, can you preload a bunch of enrichment kinds of things? And, and more is always better. You might not need them all, but man, it's nice to have a bunch of stuff ready to rock when you need it. So that might look like taking some um, lick mats and prepping some lick mats and putting them in the freezer. That could be a snuffle, a, a, something stuffable. So some kind of food enrichment toy like a topple or a Kong or a, um, you know, marrow bone that you have frozen wet dog food in. Um, and maybe taking a couple of their meals and just putting them in some kind of food enrichment. And, you know, that's great because once, you know, maybe the the arousal level starts to kind of rise in your house, you know, you can plop them in a quiet room and then they can do some kind of food enrichment. Um, and it's okay to feed them maybe all their meals in an enrichment, some kind of a, a toy, a stuff, stuffed toy of some sort um, during the time that you have people over. That's very, very reasonable. And remember that a lot of these enrichment things, I mean, the reason that they're fantastic is yes, it, it puts the dog in a different maybe room or they're in their crate or their space the other piece to this that we know is that doing, you know, licking kind of methodical eating activities in a dog is very meditative to them. And so in a time in which there's a lot of arousal in your house, your dog's arousal levels tend to match that arousal. It's good to give them some kind of a meditative downtime 
so that they can do something that's kind of quiet and kind of meditative so that they're, it puts them in a little bit of a calmer um, state, I guess I would say. And, and the other thing to remember is that, you know, we've talked in this podcast too about trigger stacking and, and certainly holidays are a time of trigger stacking. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of noises and there's food around and those environments are really hard for dogs. So giving them time to kind of decompress and giving them a space where they can do some kind of these enrichment things is going to be, it's going to be a good like saving sanity piece for you as well <laughs> and having them easy to grab. So maybe you have five or six of them in the freezer uh, and at any given time you can say, okay, I can see my dog is not going to be able to handle this environment. Can they go over here with some kind of a, a, a stuffed food toy of some sort? So certainly a time to, to allow them to do that. And, you know, by doing that too, if you move them out of the space that you're eating in, you can do some preventative so that they don't get into food that maybe wouldn't be so good for them. So preloading enrichment would be kind of my top two thing to consider prior to the holidays. Um, and so, so that would be the second one. The third one is, is a, I think it's a really easy one. So the third one is in, in the behavior world, we call them antecedent arrangements, but we're going to talk about your environment. So how can you set up your environment for success for your dog? And I, I'm a big fan of baby gates. Um, I'm a big fan of kind of maybe blocking access to spaces where, they could potentially get into trouble. And by trouble, I mean maybe getting into the garbage where they're eating half of a turkey carcass, which would possibly lead to an emergency visit in the middle of the night because they're vomiting. Um, it could lead to them not counter surfing. So how can you set your house up so that in times where maybe you can't monitor the behavior, maybe you can't watch them, that they can be successful. So, you know, baby gates, if you have a house that is conducive to putting gates up where you can kind of keep them in a space where they're still amongst the humans that they would like to be social with, but yet you're blocking access to the garbage, the counter where there's probably myriads of food, um, the kitchen table. Um, you know, we tend to around the holidays kind of have snacks hidden everywhere. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to surface during the holidays that are not good for dogs to eat. I mean, all of you know, chocolate is certainly a big no-no in the dog world. Um, you know, bones of some kind of a cooked poultry of some sort, big no-no. There's a lot of dogs going to the ER, I think, over, or, over the holidays because of consuming food that maybe isn't so good for them. Um, and then there's just the high fat stuff. I mean, you have the risk of pancreatitis, you know, they're eating something really, really fatty. So, you know, it's a really easy way to just block their access. So, you know, prior to the holidays, can you look at borrowing some baby gates, buying some baby gates, um, making them, my gosh, it's so easy to get a piece of that. I think it's like eight by four pieces of lattice at Menards and just, you know, putting them on a table saw and, you know, cutting them into like four foot strips. And then maybe you set them in spaces, you know, they're bendable, they're longer for those of you that have more open concept homes. Um, you know, kind of easy to just kind of plop anywhere. So baby gates, I'm a big fan of, of blocking access to certain spaces, you know, especially if you have a food monster. And we know, you know, we've talked a lot about teenage dogs in this podcast too, that, that, you know, a lot of teenage dogs have a lot of behaviors that are very impulsive and being around food in a high arousing environment for a teenage dog, especially, and for those of us that have food motivated dogs, <laughs> I have one of those, a very food motivated dog. Um, 
it's hard to kind of watch them every moment. You know, you're distracted, the people are distracted. Um, and it only takes kind of one grab of the dog grabbing a giant piece of a, a turkey to lead to a, you know, um, a veterinary visit, which is quite scary in the middle of the night. And financially, like a piece that you might be able to prevent, so that you don't have to do that. So maybe baby gates or blocking off spaces, perhaps tethering, if your dog is comfortable being tethered, if they've learned to be tethered, which would mean maybe they're on a harness and they're, you know, like tied to your chair while you're sitting there. Um, and you can be reinforcing a settle while, you know, the people are in the kitchen. So think about how can you set your environment up for success for the dog? You know, the other the other part that kind of comes to mind when we talk about how you can arrange your environment to be successful is the front door. You know, a lot of company in and out the front door, they forgot something in their car, they're leaving to go get ice, they're um, you know, running to go pick up grandma, you know, in and out the front door. And if dogs aren't used to, you know, the door being open and they don't understand how to like back away from the door and they want access to the front door. I mean, baby gates are just a good safe way to keep them in the house if they, if they're younger or maybe they don't, you ha- haven't really worked on that concept. So, um, another good reason to invest in some, some baby gates. There's, a uh, um, some really cute baby gates, you know, some of them are just so darn ugly, but Home Goods and like TJ Maxx, they have some really cute kind of little wrought iron if you're looking for something a little bit cuter that fits into your holiday decor <laughs> and you don't want to get the lattice from Menards and just rip it into, you know, four foot strips. Um, but they have some cute little baby gates that you can kind of pick up and go to. And that, that again is if your dog is, doesn't challenge a baby gate, I mean, that would be another piece. Then maybe if they're comfortable in their crate or their room or the front porch or whatever it might be, that might be a spot that you can put them too. So managing your environment, it's pretty easy for us to do. Uh, another piece that, that is helpful sometimes is I've talked about the using the window clings in this podcast. So the window clings from Amazon that are just like a transparent um, or, uh, or uh, opaque rather uh, window cling that you can get to just block them so they can't see people pulling in and out of the driveway. That might be a really easy piece if your dog is really barky at the door because of the visual stimulus of people pulling into the driveway. So that's another thing, another way that you could kind of block access to something that might create a little bit more arousal. Um, and then the last one is, can you set their environment up for success by maybe putting some little treat jars around the house? So if you have relatives or company or friends um, over and maybe you have a dog that's really you're really working hard on some skill work on being around people and not jumping and maybe laying down on their mat during certain time frames could your company kind of maybe participate in some of the training and so if you have little reward stations around the house you know maybe your aunt is <clears throat> sitting on the couch and the dog is going to do a little settle, you know, kind of at their feet, perhaps. Could they be reinforcing that little behavior so that reinforcement in this scenario is kind of coming from everyone? Because I think sometimes in the holidays we forget that we haven't practiced a lot of these things in high arousal environments and then our dogs get it wrong. And then sometimes we get angry. And I think during the holidays, there's a lot of, no, don't do that. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. When it kind of sometimes can be a good place to practice things. And if you have the family on board and you say, hey, everyone, trying really hard to work on, you know, my dog's arousal level around people, you know, maybe they're younger and they're, or they're just 
a really excited dog around people. Can you help me just kind of work on some of these calm, quiet behaviors? And so they can capture them. So remember, capturing is simply when the dog does something that you like. Um, you haven't cued it. You haven't asked for this particular behavior and you're, you can just reinforce it. So it's really easy for people to do that. And if you have little reward stations around the house of their kibble where they can just grab them out of a little coffee mug or something, the dog is laying down while everyone's playing cards or everyone's playing a board game or just chit-chatting, um, and the dog is laying down and someone can be reinforcing that behavior. Think about what a great little learning scenario that is for the dog. I mean, they're practicing the right behavior in this context. Um, they're having success. You're not having to put them away. You know, they're they're kind of right in the middle of, you know, the people that they, they like to be around. So that's a really good environment or a good way to engage everyone in your house so that they can capture behaviors that they like. You know, and sometimes too, if your dog... Um, you know, if we've talked a lot about the stranger danger dogs too, which the holidays are really hard for those dogs. And so if you've worked through some kind of a treat retreat protocol with me through a behavior consult, or we've talked about, you know, pa associatively pairing people that they're uncomfortable, uncomfortable with, with something good. If you have food around the house, you know, they can be um, giving the dog food away from them so you know your uncle could be sitting on the recliner and maybe the dog's behind a baby gate and they could be he could be sitting and and throwing food kind of behind the dog so that we're pairing someone that potentially could be scary with something good now in that scenario I'm a big advocate of baby gates <laughs> so that everyone kind of stays safe um so all of those kinds of environments um having treat jars around the house so that you can be rewarding or capturing good behaviors. Sometimes it's even nice to have, you know, maybe one of your, the kids in your family, if your dog enjoys kids and they can be around kids in a safe way, um, you know, maybe just having them do a whole bunch of tricks. I mean, that kind of occupies the dog, occupies the kids. <laughs> um, the dogs can do a bunch of tricks for the kids. Um, it's kind of a win-win. If, if, again, your dog is comfortable around kids, there's a lot of dogs that aren't quite comfortable around kids. And that's where we would go back to management, right? We would look at, well, there's kids coming over. My dog isn't comfortable with um, maybe kids or maybe men in hats, perhaps, or men in beards and hats, because there's a lot of dogs that are uncomfortable with that kind of a visual. Uh, you know, that's where baby gates and maybe some preloaded and food enrichment can go a really long way when you have people over that your dog might be uncomfortable with. You know, during the holidays is not the time to trial to see how well your dog would, does with kids if you're unsure or how well your dog does with um, strangers that maybe they were uncomfortable with before. Um, there's just a lot of triggers happening during the holidays that make it really difficult to kind of implement a really good behavior modification plan in those environments. So be cautious with that. It's, it's always, I'm always a better safe than sorry, um, using a lot of management in those environments. For those of you that have done cooperative muzzle training, I mean, that's another piece you could add into an environment, whether you have a dog that does tend to steal food <laughs> or you've worked through a behavior modification plan and maybe your dog is now prepared to be out in that environment. You know, I'm a big fan of muzzles. So um, cooperative muzzle training. <laughs> so so um, to review kind of what we talked about. So we talked about expectations. So give yourself a little bit of, um, you know, thoughtfulness before the holidays of what kind of expectations maybe do I have for my dog? And what is that going to look like? And what, what do I know that they can handle? And what are some things that I just think are going to be really hard for them? Um, 
it's it's just so worth kind of preparing that so that everyone has a successful holiday season. Uh, preloading enrichment, and we always do a stuffables workshop. Um, I think we're doing one the third week of December this week. So, you know, if you're looking for a place to do some stuffables, we always do a little uh, stuffables buffet where you can come and stuff things um, so that you have them ready to go for the holidays. And we do those a lot through the year. Uh, the environment. So how can you set your environment up? This is a really easy one. This is just a really easy one. It doesn't take a lot of behavior change on our part. It just means we're going to kind of create an environment that's going to make the dog successful. So, you know, do you need to invest in some baby gates? Do you need to kind of look at how you're going to manage your house when you do have people coming over? Or, or you're going to someone else's house. I mean, you know, do you travel with your baby gates? I mean, what is that going to look like? Um, and that might be a conversation to have before you go to someone's house. Um, some people put signs on the door, like, hi, before you come in, please grab a handful of food. You're going to throw it at the ground so the dog isn't jumping. There's another really easy kind of environmental change that you can do. And then the last part was just like having some treat jars or reward stations around the house so you can capture behaviors, reward behaviors, um, that your dog does to make them successful. And again, these aren't, these aren't things that are, are, totally geared toward the holidays. This can be anything. This can be, you know, the family reunion you're going to have in August where you're going to have a house full of family members as well. So hopefully all of these things will help you get through uh, the bustle of the holidays with family members and make everyone successful.